everybody. Welcome back to Arcade Cozy, the coziest game room on the internet. My name is Chris. My name is Corey. And we're back again. We're back. Uh, we back. Less than a back. week from Christmas. Corey, Merry Christmas. We're, what, four days from Christmas now? Pretty like, close. Yeah. It's Christmas the, we're recording this on the 21st. So, yeah, we're... Uh, Today is the shortest day of the year, too. Oh, the yeah, solstice. that winter solstice. What? Mm-hmm. Crazy. It felt like it. Um, oh, just wait. Give it give it two <laughs> days. It's going to be like 10 degrees here, which yeah. is nothing compared yeah. to out west. Well, and everywhere, it seems like it's kind of doing... Like, we're actually kind of... Well, I mean, together, it's pretty warm look, here. In the grand yeah. Scheme. Well, I mean, it's going to be pretty cold like at the high of our like our high is still below freezing um but it's more like the drop than anything mm. like we're gonna have like a 15 degree drop which isn't like huge but i've seen some places where it's like they're gonna have like a 40 degree drop like overnight well, and that's well, if we have any like, listeners in like wyoming or montana with the wind chill it's gonna feel like negative 70 like out yep. there this weekend oh, yeah. and yeah. just like how, how is it just like at what point is it just cold like at what point does like the degree not even matter anymore yeah um my wife has some family that ended up moving out to montana and they shared like their weather outlook and yeah i mean that's that's basically what it is is just it's it's all negative degrees and yeah i feel like at some point you stop feeling it and you just start freezing i think that's the only that's the only difference. Like, you gotta have a lot of fireplaces in your house out there. Yeah. You just have um, to. Yeah. So, but yeah, everybody who's, if you're listening to this, we have celebrated Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. I hope you enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Very happy. Um, if you're listening to it pretty soon, you're, you're in that limbo period after Christmas, pre New Year. It's a yeah. hellish time. Um, but, you know, we're, we're getting there. Um, and if you're listening to us after, happy 2023. Hope it's uh, yeah. hope it's going well so far. <laughs> yeah, I, I really do. <laughs> yeah, welcome to the new year. Hope everything's <laughs> going nice and swimmingly. Yeah, um, but yeah, Corey, um, we uh, we are beginning into the year stuff this week. Um, we like to yeah. we like to kind of ramp into it around here, where you know we do. We do a little bit of like wrap ups. We kind of dance around the goatee discussion. We put we the goatee discussion off. We kind of like we leave it dangling for a little while just to it's just a to right just to get you it's going. Earned. Right. Um, you got to listen to the other stuff. So this week we're kicking it off talking about games, our favorite games that we played this year that did not come out this year. So not your yes. God of War Ragnaroks, not your Elden Rings. We're not talking about those things because nope. those came out this year. We're talking about the games that didn't. Can could be could be original Pac-Man. Could could be as uh, old yeah, as the could. hills. Who even knows? Um, but yeah, that's the stuff that we're talking about today. I'm excited, Corey. I played a lot of stuff this year. <laughs> I've played a lot of games this year. And I Too many for, games this year. Yeah, I Actually, forget no that sometimes, but I played a lot of games this year. So we're going to start. Corey, what is a game that you played this year that 
didn't come out this year that was particularly memorable for you? Um, well, uh, let's see. Which one? Do I, I want to start with a, a game I don't talk about on here really at all, but that because I play. Shame? No, not because of my shame. <laughs> I don't think. Um, I so I play this twice a week. Um, okay. Every week, I play a football manager twenty two. That's what Very that's nice. what I'm on right now. Um, nice. And it is a simulator game where you are a soccer manager and you take on a club and you essentially manage the team all the way down from like the senior level to the under uh, 18 teams you're signing players you're uh, managing like your scouting budgets you're signing scouts to scout these players you know you're uh, creating tactics your own custom tactics training your players to do specific things xyz now very uh, intricate and um very in-depth um simulator of a game okay and so i put in about 14 hours a week because I may or may not play on uh, when I'm working from home, but that's a, that's a conversation for another day. Um, and so, but so it is why, game why is it specifically twice a week? Is it just like, do you get together with like, are you hopping on, hopping on that yeah. discord or like a team's call with some of your, some of your buddies and playing football manager? Or is it just like, no, Tuesdays and Thursdays. That's my football manager day. It's Mondays and Thursdays. And, okay. yeah, you know, <laughs> hey, it's my second job. It starts at 8 a.m. and at 5 p.m., um, just like any other job. And I sit and grind. I love it. Love it to death. I'm in like year 2038 on it right now. Um, Good God. Because it goes season by season. I've won okay. multiple league titles, multiple Champions Leagues. Uh, I have a couple of Ballon d'Or winners, uh, which is you know best player in the world, uh, Heisman Trophy, okay. whatever you want. Um, equivalent, but more prestigious. Um, and yeah, it's great. I enjoy it so much. Um, it's essentially just a bunch of Excel spreadsheets with fancy colors, and you watch a 2D map of your game. You don't actually play the game. Like the yeah. soccer game, you yeah. set up your tactics. You set up like how you want them to play against certain opposition. Um, you and you hope like the players that you train and the tactics you put in is good enough to like get it done in the end. Yeah, and you also have to deal with like you can get fired if like you're not doing super well. Um, you like you're you're given a transfer budget to like make the team better and it, and a wage budget. And if you go over, they get really mad at you. Uh, but when when you win, you can be like, see, it worked. I did. I did, I did it. it. You should actually like give me a little bit more. And they're like, no. I'm like, screw you. Um, so, um, so I'm trying, I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking at it. Yes. Um, cause we've talked about it before. I'm looking at it now. Yep. Is it, do you, does your team like, are you matching your team up against other people's teams? Is it wholly? No. So it's like, wholly single player. It's okay. okay. Like I play in the English Premier League, and so it simulates like the Premier League teams, and like it's like it has a whole built-in like its engine like sets up the schedule every year. Like it does its own 
simulation as well. Like it's working congruent to you. So, um, so there is a team I've signed a lot of young players from, um, uh, some, somehow in my, okay, don't get like that. Um, (laughs) in my, in my save, a team in Germany, Hoffenheim, um, has produced a lot of really young talent, like really good players that have high potential that my scouts recommend. Um, okay. Because your scouts also have like ratings and stuff. And then if you bring on a better scout to your team, they're better at judging a player's potential. And so they've had like four players across, you know, I'd say like the last like eight seasons in my save that have been like very like high potential. So I've paid a lot of money for them. And now Hoffenheim's really good in the German league and they're okay. signing like big players around too. Cause now they have a bigger budget. The game like recognizes of, Oh, I have a lot of money to spend. I can like bring in stuff and that's happening all around everywhere. Even when other teams are signing players from other teams, so on and so forth. Like, yeah. It varies like year to year. Sometimes there will be a team that comes out of nowhere that does like really, really good. And it's, oh, they've money balled it. They're doing really good tactics, X, Y, Z. And like they'll beat me. And I'm like, okay, what's what's happening here? Kind of a thing. Okay. Uh, so very in depth, but it's just very single player. You can see like scores around the world of people who are managing like similar teams as you or like in the same region, how they're doing. Like it, but it's not like against anyone. Okay. They've talked Sweet. about putting in a PvP mode, and I think that'd be really cool. They just, yeah. there's like a, because you can buy an end game editor where like you okay. can edit everything, which like works when, because they don't have a tons of licensings for some of the teams and leagues and everything. And so you can gotcha. like edit the, as well. And it also um, allows you to like mod the game in different ways too. And you can mod it without it. Um, but they would have to like, rem- you wouldn't be able to have the editor to do PVP because yeah. everyone would just like, here's my player. That's the like twenties and all their stats kind yeah. of a thing, yeah. Yeah. which 20 is the highest, like a stat goes in the game. Of course. Yeah. Mm. I get that. Um, so why football manager 2022 and not 2023? Um, cause I haven't bought 23. It, it, cause oh, it's also Corey. Yeah. Well, it's one of those things where, and so when I first picked up football manager in 20, I play 20, I play 21, I play 22. A lot of it's very similar. So I was like, okay, yep. let's, let's go into Reddit. Let's see what's going on. And there's a dude who's like, I'm still playing like CM01 championship manager, 2001 kind of a thing. <laughs> and, and some people are like, yeah, I'm still on like football manager 14. There's, they're like, most people are like, I wait like five years because there isn't enough yeah. of a, cause they make, it's such a, it's not indie. Um, but it kind of is, it's like a smaller yeah. team, but they make a ton of money. Like it's a very like popular selling game, especially in, uh, I'm pretty sure there's probably European listeners, um, who are like, Oh yeah, I'm deep in football manager. At least I hope you are. Send us a DM. Um, I would love yeah. to talk tactics with you. I run a four mm-hmm. three three. Um, I did the gig in press and now I, I go for the Barca like Tiki Taki style, uh, Tiki Taka. Sorry. Uh, and what in the world, am I yeah, you, to you exactly right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's like okay, I'm I'll probably play this for years and then maybe yeah. like switch over to like yeah. f- Football Manager 28. Okay, yeah, yeah, look at you, you'll be 
well into your thirties before you need another football manager. Exactly. It all, it like has a, it offers analytics on your players too. It's like your players performing in this percentile compared to other players around the world okay. of like in its end game engine kind of a thing. Yeah. yeah. I like that. It's yeah. It's, it's like, a, I think why I enjoy it is because it's a resource, resource management game similar yeah. to like a Stardew Valley or Animal Crossing, whatever you want to call it. It is in that yeah. vein of, but it's in such a field that I have like a lot of passion for and joy for. Yeah. And yeah. it yeah. just all clicks together. Very nice. I love it. Yeah, so that is my um, one of my favorite games, and I'll probably you'll hear about it next year when we do this one too. You're gonna be like, Corey, tell me about the games. Well, turns out I've been playing a little bit more Football Manager 22. <laughs> I'm in the year 2078 now. So, <laughs> uh, goodness, I can't wait. It's gonna be a blast. I'm, I'm just, so I know there's a there's a feature in the game where. Um, your son will populate because you also get like, here's the youth players coming up into like the U18 team. And uh-huh. here's who we recommend. And your son can like, you can like have your like kids playing in the game. Like it offers that feature, but it's like random. It doesn't, you don't get to just like choose to do it. It just, it's just a thing. And I'm okay. like every, every April when, uh, well, every March, when my like youth team drops, I'm like, come on, where is where's my little boy Corey Jr.? Where is he at? Just oh. still hasn't happened. Oh goodness. Maybe this one day. Is, this is the weirdest thing that we've had on this podcast. But That's you know, I love it. <laughs> You're right. We've had Logan. Oh burp, 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 burp. sorry, Logan. We don't mean to rush you. We love you. Yeah. Yeah. Um my game. Uh, well, I played multiple. Um, the first yeah. one that came to mind was I was kind of like working through the year, so mine's a little bit chronological. Um, Lost Judgment. Mm. Um, yeah. If you remember this, I was playing Lost Judgment right at the beginning of the year. Like it yeah. was, I mean, it was right there after Christmas. Um, Lost Judgment, if you don't remember or have never been aware um, is the sequel to judgment, which is a spinoff of Yakuza and Yakuza. If you're not aware <laughs> is a, the Japanese soap opera f- featuring wholesome boys and uh, crime. And in it's incredible. Dragon. It's one of the best games. Um, ga- games here. I've only played like a dragon. And that's yeah, one of the best yeah. games you'll ever play. So, yeah. Um, so, Judgments is Yakuza and everything but name. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's because it takes place. I mean, it's the same engine, it's the same combat, same structure, um, same even location. Like, it, it, most of Yakuza. Older Yakuza games take place in Kamurocho. Mm-hmm. The original Judgment takes place in Kamurocho. Um, Yakuza Like a Dragon takes place in Ichincho. Mm-hmm. Um, Lost Judgment takes place in both Kamurocho and Ichincho. So um, there's a lot of like, you, you see a lot of familiar locales and a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, but the biggest difference is the Judgment you are playing. Instead of playing as some, like, some Yakuza henchman person who's like in this whole thing um you play as a character who is a detective 
Well, he's mm-hmm. a he is a former lawyer, now private detective. Um, but coincidentally has ties to the Yakuza. <laughs> so um, so that comes in regardless. Yep. Um, but so the game, I mean, I think the big thing that like judgment itself kind of like brings to the table is that it's it it's kind of like what if law and order but a japanese soap opera like right it it it's very much yakuza but it takes more of a turn of it being more of a mystery like it's more it's less of this big like i mean it's it's big conspiracies and it's all this kind of stuff but it's more like central sleuthing and mystery solving and stuff like that um lost judgments i played earlier in the year i didn't love as much as the original judgment like the original judgment i really was into um lost judgment felt like a some of like the characterizations and stuff weren't like as great as i remember the original judgment um and just some of the stuff in general like i wasn't as like as hot on um but i mean for one can't go wrong playing right. playing a yakuza game um but also too like i think one of the big standout things to me in the game was this feature called school stories um so there's this big kind of like very early in the game there's this big the the reason you get you leave your office and come right show and go to eugene show is this um this kind of like you're called to a, to help on a case at a high school and you go to this high school in Eugene show. Um, and you are like, you're there, you're learning things, but you kind of pick up this side, this meaty side mission effectively yeah. where you are trying to uncover. Um, there's like some shadowy figure. I can't even remember the name right now, but um, who is like, who is essentially kind of like leading kids astray, like bribing them into gangs, like just, you know, making them school and right. You know, just, and so you kind of pose as like, you are through the story. You are, you step into the role of like the advisor of the mystery club Hmm. and you're kind of there and stuff. And you kind of use that leverage through this side story to pretend to be like the advisor or some sort of like um, teacher mentee mentor figure to these other school clubs um, to kind of track down and find information on what exactly is going on. And the interesting thing about it is that like, it's this huge meaty thing and each of the clubs, I mean, you go through, I think there are four required clubs four or five i think it's five and then there are like four kind of minor clubs which you don't have to do but are kind of their own thing um but each of them are basically like their own game where it's like um there's a there's a boxing club and it's this whole thing where it's like you're upgrading moves and you're learning the, and it plays like a fight night. Like it's over the shoulder. It's, I mean, it's all like, it's super into it and you're going through these different tournaments and you're going through all these different bouts and doing all this kind of stuff. And like you are playing that hardcore for the period of time that it has you doing it. Um, 
And then there's a robot club. And the robot club, you're building, like you're finding parts and building these robots. And it's like a grid-based strategy thing where you're moving these robots around a field and trying <laughs> trying to do these this kind of stuff. And there's a dance club where it's like a rhythm game and you're playing like a DDR type thing. And it's like <clears throat> each of the like it's super it's just, it's super compelling because it's one of those things where I think one of the things the Yakuza games have going for them is they're like big some of like they have something for everybody. Like yeah. it's one of those oh, things yeah. where if you want to go in, you want to play a really good just main story, you can do it. If you want to go in, you want to sink into some like good meaty side content and learn a little bit more but not do like everything, you can do that too. And if you want to go in, you want to play like mahjong on the street and you want to go like to an arcade and play like a emulated version of virtua fighter in an arcade like you can do that too and you can just go to town and it's one of those things where it feels like like playing through it i was like i was really invested in all of these different stories because i mean they all have their own things too where it's like in the boxing club it's this kid who has like has rage issues and like in the biker club the leader of the biker club is used to be like the student president and it's like you're Hmm. you're learning these things like they're they're not just their own game but they're their own story too so each of these characters and each of these arcs are kind of like communicating part of that larger whole um i don't know i mean i like i got done with it like the judgment series to my knowledge is done um they ended it with lost judgments um i can't remember exactly why i think it's partially to do with one of their maybe one of their actors was arrested um let me see let me see if i can actually um yeah what is it um okay so there were there were some issues with sega and um because sega develops it um, right yeah and there's i think there was i think there was some dispute between like the developer and the publisher and stuff and um well, yeah, i think so, i remember seeing something about this now yeah i couldn't remember yeah. exactly what it, what it was they've had i know that they have had other issues like some of their um voice actors uh getting arrested and having some yeah. sort of whatever um but yeah i mean it, and it's a bummer because i think it's a really neat just kind of side thing i um I think it'd be really cool if they did other kind of stuff like this where, um, you know, I know it doesn't have necessarily the same allure as playing like Yakuza seven or eight and seeing these longstanding characters from mm-hmm. way in the past and having all that kind of stuff, but it's still such like, it's again, it's one of those things where it's like Yakuza is Yakuza and Yakuza's good. So I wouldn't mind seeing more of it. And yeah, if you, if, if you're at all interested in Yakuza or have played Yakuza but haven't played Judgment, play Judgment. It's kind of cool. It's detective Yakuza. And if you enjoy Judgment a lot, go play Lost Judgment. I didn't like it as much, but it's, it's still very good. So, um, played that this year and wholly recommend it. And if you like Lost Judgment, you should play Yakuza Like a Dragon. Yeah, absolutely. And if you like that, you should play Yakuza Kiwami. And then Kiwami 2, and then Zero, 
I do then... have Kwame downloaded right now. So, <laughs> yeah, um, and that's the thing. I need to work through. I think that that was that was something that I was going to start doing later this year and got away from. But I think I may start trying to do some next year. Is um, playing through the the main. I think before Yakuza Eight, I want to have played through. Yakuza one through six because I've played zero. Yeah, um, I've played Judgment and Lost Judgment. I've played seven, um, so I need to get that meat. The yes, one through six. Yeah, so I do too. So yeah, it's going on the list. Okay. Um, what else mine, you got, Corey? Um, so I didn't finish this one technically. I have finished it, um, but I did my Blue Lions run at least up until the midway point of it okay. of Fire Emblem Three Houses. Um, Fire Emblem Three Houses we've talked about before is one of the greatest games of all time. Um, it is the most recent entry into the Fire Emblem, Fire Emblem franchise. Engage comes out next month. We talked about it last week. Yeah, that, will be, that will be a true statement for the next two and a half weeks. Yep, yep, yep. So, uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses. Um, trying to... I'm sure we... I don't know if we've ever actually ever given like a real breakdown of it before, other than the fact that we just are obsessed. <clears throat> or, sorry, I'm speaking in terms of we. I'm obsessed with it. I don't want to speak yep. for you. Um, I, but, I am nominally interested in Fire yeah. Emblem Three Houses. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's good. It's pretty great. Um, but essentially, you become a professor at this school, uh, and they are on this uh, in this country. There's three different kingdoms, and the next rulers of all three kingdoms are at the school at the same time. You choose a house to lead amongst a cast of characters to teach, essentially, and um, story unfolds from there. Um, it is a masterpiece, I think, in writing and character stories in terms of there's just so much plot that can happen because every single character in the game, and there's 30-something, I think, all have a different plot line with each of each individual character, some Far more fleshed out than others, some not very fleshed out, but there's still at least like something there. Um, and it is a wonderful, beautiful game. And eat there are five technical critical paths after the DLC that was added. Yeah. Um, and so I've done two of those and I started the third, which is quote unquote the Blue Lions run. It's the Blue yeah. Lions house, kind of like Harry Potter. Um, yeah. And that, and that's a good, like, it's a, it's a good analogy to draw is that, I mean, it very much has that, it has the Harry Potter lore where it's, you go to this castle and you're Mm -hmm. trained up in these magical arts and you're in this house and, you know, and, and I think that that was the hope that like Scarlet and Violet was going to, to have some of, but um, not not so much. Uh, granted, I finished Scarlet recent last night, and it, it still is a very good game with it. actually an incredible ending to its credit. Oh, yeah. But we're not talking about yeah. that. And talking no. about Fire Emblem Three Houses. Next week. Um, yeah, Fire Emblem Three Houses. Very excited to finish it. And there's much more to say about it. Um, it's just good. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's and that and I think that that's the main 
concern going into Fire Emblem and Gage is just kind of living up to that because it, it was legitimately, I mean, I, I can't pretend to be like a diehard Fire Emblem fan or haven't been in the past. Um, so I've, you know, I've missed a few things, but my experience with Fire Emblem, like it's, it seems like the big draw with um, Three Houses was the fact that it was like, it's not just you're on this linear path and you're meeting some characters and you're pulling in these characters, you're not having some relationships and what it was like, you're going in and regardless of what house you choose, you're having these relationships with all of these characters, you're seeing these things and then you're like potentially having to like face not just one or two, but like potentially 10, 20 of your former students in battle and kill them mm-hmm. forever and yeah. and just like and it just being this really like powerful and where each of these characters have very like deep thought out kind of like through lines and all the other characters have relationships with them um so it was yeah i mean it was it was really good and just really like effective and very powerful so i'm it seems like they're pulling some of that in with engage so i hope that you know they're able to kind of like toe that line well and take a lot of the good things from three houses and pull it into engage so yeah very much yeah um my next one Corey, is persona four gold yeah it is yeah yeah i played i need to hear um, about it so I played Persona 4 Golden for the first time back in like 2017. <laughs> like not not even played. I had never beaten it, but the first time I played any of it was back then. And since then had started four or five times. Like just could not muster <laughs> yeah. the and this was like this was pre-Persona 5. This was after Persona 5. This was long since having played Persona 5. Like there were plenty of different states that I was trying to play it in. And I just, I mean, I think part of it, I don't know. Like, I feel like as I'm getting older, playing on a playing on a dedicated handheld, like only playing handheld, just is not as much my jam anymore. And I think like it detaches me a little bit from the game. And I think that that's what happened a lot was not having the because I, I mean, there would be legitimate times where I'd be like, "Can I, can I find the discontinued PS TV that lets you like hook up your Vita to your TV and let you play that way?" Because I mean, while I was playing Persona Four Golden, there was no announcement of a Persona Four Golden coming to Switch or anything. It was just this is the only way to play it. That this or Steam, um, but but I digress. Um, Persona Four. <laughs> In persona in general, um, JRPG series with um, kids, children, teenagers um, dealing with serious stuff. Like in the case of Persona 4 Golden, a pretty like disturbing series of murders in their small sleepy town. And, you know, you're you and your ragtag bunch of friends are tasked from yourselves to go and deal with it. And, um, yeah, I, um, you know, 
just like Fire Emblem Three Houses, like have not ever been shy about like my rampant and at times rabid uh, devotion to Persona Five. Um, I think it's a masterpiece of a game. Um, it is a masterpiece, and of the I game. think it is the I holy think, grail of gaming. Yeah, um, Persona. If you played it, you understand that reference. <laughs> um. Persona 4 is, I mean, it's after Persona 5 came out, like there was, there was debates like, okay, which one was better? This one had better story. This one had better whatever. Like, um, and I think like for me, Persona 5 continues to edge it out, like from just like style and some of the modern tweaks that we made. Right. Um, but Persona 4, I mean, legitimately like this time around hooked me in. I was I was dedicated to finishing it out and I was really glad that I did. Like it was like a very, I mean, it's a persona game. It's a very good JRPG and it has a lot of very interesting, um, just social dynamic elements and a lot of side content and a lot of just like really neat twists and turns and all this kind of stuff. Like, um, again, wasn't as into the whole, um, central, story and stuff as I was with the original, but I loved it. Um, and I was very happy to play it. Um, I won't pick it up on switch or PlayStation anytime soon. Once it comes out, just having played it, but I am excited that I've checked that off my list to open me up to playing persona three when that comes out. So I'll be able to play that. Um, but yeah, persona four, um, walk, don't run. Everybody, go. I am s- um, sprinting when it comes out, but also at the yeah. same time, oh, Fire Emblem Engage. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know what to do. Um, yeah, also too, just, um, I, I feel like I don't need to explain a joke, but, or that I shouldn't, um, but I hope everybody can understand that whenever I say walk, don't run, I mean it as a joke that I'm saying it backwards. Yes. So just, just... <laughs> <laughs> just know where I'm coming from because <laughs> I say it a lot. And sometimes I feel like I, I need to explain the fact that I actually, I do know that I'm wrong whenever I'm saying it that way, but I get purpose. it. I get it. And that's what Corey matters. knows. Corey yes. knows. Um, Corey, what game, what else do you got? Um, I mean, no, I'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, I will talk about Chris Tales, um, which Ooh. is a game, again, another game I didn't finish, but I put in probably a good 20 hours into. Um, I brought it to, the, um, to one of our episodes back in probably late summer, I would say. It's free yep. on uh, the PlayStation uh, like pass, subscription, whatever you want to call it. Um, it is also a, uh, I'm not going to say it's a JRPG, uh, but it is an RPG uh, game with turn-based combat that focuses on the main character's ability to manipulate time, essentially. And um, you are um, a young girl who is of... I never finished it, so I never really got the full stories, but you're of this bloodline where you have um, 
this Chris magic um, where it allows you to see into the past, like see the world as it was before it is now, or see into the future of what it's going to be based on this. Okay. And in environmental and world puzzles, it's about you altering that by um, maybe like fixing this person's shop so their shop can be successful. And now instead of like you see them being a homeless in the future, now they are prosperous in the future and they have a family and everything's going well for them. Or um, maybe this person is a very greedy person and you can see them hoarding all the wealth while there's poor people around them. And I'm going to do this to like create better equality, um, even though like um, altogether like the this town might not be doing as best as it can. Everyone's now more on an even playing field and there's ways to get like right. best of everything in combat. It's, oh, well, I'm facing a baby version of this and it does more damage this way. It has less health. But if I age it up, now it uh, now has more health, but it does less damage, X, Y, Z kind of a thing. Or you can like one of your side characters um, can do poison attacks, but they can also plant like poisoned like seeds. And then you can age up that half of the map or like that battle arena to where all of a sudden okay. now it explodes to poison. And instead of one enemy being poisoned, they're all being poisoned. It just takes like two turns to kick in. Um, so stuff like that where it's just a lot of like how creative can you be with it? And like, how do you want to play it? I found it exceptionally good. The story, um, I think, uh, takes it just meanders too much. There isn't tons of payoff with a lot of things, um, but I, I did find like the little stories in between um, very satisfying because a lot of it is like a simple like side quest combat. Very very good. Um, I think had I had I picked this up in like last year in uh-huh. a year where I don't want to say gaming was down. There just wasn't tons of new releases. I definitely would have finished it. I think it's a very okay. good game. I think it just kind of got caught up in the whirlwind of me trying to finish Elden Ring and yep. there's God of War Ragnarok on the horizon. Oh, and there's also so many other good games that have come out throughout the year. There is Xenoblade 3. Um, there's Cold of the Lamb. I think that's what I picked up when I was originally playing it. Um, okay. where it kind of fell away. It's a very good game. It's a game that I would like to go back to in the future. Uh, maybe start from the beginning, maybe not. Uh, haven't decided yet, but that is a game that I think if you are a fan of turn-based combat, this adds a very, very fun flavor to it where I think people who are fans of that genre would really dig it if they haven't played it. Yeah. Yeah. I love I, the art um, direction. Art direction. Yeah, the... the I feel like the art style is what kind of jumps out the most. I have Chris Tales. I just haven't played it, but yeah, the, um, I think you'd find it very neat. It looks very neat. Um, yeah, the, the art style in general, like kind of has this, um, kind of reminds me of the new kind of some of the newer age cartoon network kind of production stuff. That's a good, um, where you have, comparison. you know, like your, your Steven universes and your gravity train or your gravity falls and mm-hmm. infinity train. That's what that is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some of these where they come from that kind of school of design, like it has very much that vibe. Um, so yeah, very cool. 
Yeah, um, that that's mine for that one. Um, I have two more, I think. Sweet. Maybe three. Anyway, floor is yours. Yeah, boy. Um, also, this year, I played... Um, Trying to think of another knockout one. Well, we got Spider-Man Miles Morales. Oh, you did play that for the this first time year. this year. That is the first time this year. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I put it off. I got it. I know when you got it. Your <laughs> wife texted me when you were sick with COVID last year and she was like, What's yeah. the game games I should pick up? I'm like, he hasn't played Spider-Man Miles Morales. She's like, you should pick that up for him. And she did. And here yep. we are a year later. Yeah, I had it pretty much from whenever I got a PS5 um, and just never played it. And I think a lot of it was just like, I mean, it it, it kind of comes back to the God of War Ragnarok discussion where it's like, there's, I think there's sometimes that part that gets a little bit difficult to get super excited because you're like, I know what this is. Mm-hmm. I know it's going to be fair. great. That's fair. I know that I can just... And I know that I can always just leave it sitting back here because I know whenever I need something really good, I know, I know it's going it's to there. be there. Yeah. And it kind of always had that feeling where it was like, I'm not in a rush to play it because like, I know it's going to be good. I know I can rely on it to be good. So let's just kind of set it over here. And I had between, um, I, the only reason I know this is I have kind of my stuff pretty like chronologically kind of done through for Instagram and all that kind of stuff. Um, But yeah, between like Xenoblade, um, which was like a, the original Xenoblade definitive edition, which I'm not bringing up here. I mean, I guess I am, but like Xenoblade Chronicles definitive edition. It's fun. You know, um, it's, it's good. Um, good. Also didn't come out this year, played that this year, but it's, it's good. Um, But between that and Fire Emblem Warriors, Mm. I, like played a bunch of not a bunch of but like more shorter things like Citizen yeah. Sleeper, oh, um, so and Spider Man Miles Morales was in there as well. Where it was like, I want to play this. Um, seems pretty short, and it, it was very short. Yeah, it's it's a pretty like small condensed experience where it's like six to eight hours or something like that. If that, um, but no, it's it's a side story where. Peter Parker, Spider-Man is, you know, it follows the original Insomniac Spider-Man and, but lands is kind of like a one and a half story um, in between the original and the upcoming sequel where you play as Miles Morales, somewhat newly Miles Morales, like not brand new. He's been doing stuff, but like somewhat newly Spider-Man. And um, I don't know, like, Honestly, like I got to the end of Miles Morales and honestly kind of felt like I liked it more than the original in Sound mm-hmm. Spider-Man because it was so because the original Spider-Man was like was beefy. Like, I mean, it was like a 20 plus yep. hour thing. And, you know, anytime you make anything like that, there's going to be parts that feel like, okay, maybe this is a little bloated or maybe this is unnecessary, whatever. And because Miles Morales was so like trim, it was like everything felt like it was hitting the way that it was supposed to. Mm-hmm. Everything felt very intentional. Um, there weren't opportunities to feel like things were getting to 
you know, long in the tooth or too slow or whatever. Like it felt like everything was where it was supposed to be. And it just felt like a really good tight experience. And also watching like Miles's um, entire arc during the thing where he starts out being, you know, kind of this combination, this like almost kind of like oxymoron of he's really confident, like he's overly confident, but he's really nervous at the same time to becoming like by the end, this really self-assured superhero who's very like, he understands himself better. He understands the role Mm -hmm. better. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think also really sets him up going into Spider-Man two, where I imagine he's going to have, you know, substantial role as well. Um, And so, yeah, he, um, I really enjoyed it. I mean, again, it's Spider-Man. If you played Spider-Man in Insomniac Spider-Man, you, you're, you know what you're getting into, but you know, I think Miles Morales, like I think his really personal story is great. I think his move sets being, you know, who he is, where he has some of the like electric skills and invisibility and stuff like that is really neat to use. Um, overall just really great. I agree. Really fun. I loved it. No, it's great. I I agree with all your points. I think it's such a nice, compact, emotional story. Um, It's a game that I'm probably going to replay here in the next week because I think it's just it's a perfect Christmas game because it takes place around Christmas. It takes place at Christmas. And it's something because I have so much time off. Um, Thankfully, that is a blessing that I can probably knock it out in like two good sittings with. Yeah, yeah. And it's, yeah. I'm a huge fan of it. Glad you played it this year. Um, I'm very excited for Spider-Man 2 to see the dynamic that they're going to bring. And I might agree with you that I think beat for beat, it is better than Marvel's Spider-Man, Insomniac, PS4, whatever yeah. whatever the title is. Because yeah. I do think there are moments where that game, it's, not, it's never bad, but it, it just, there's a little too much fat. I think you, you yeah. described like trimming it like how Miles Morales is very trimmed. Um, yeah. And story-wise, I think that's a good differentiator there. Yeah. 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 Um, what else you got, Corey? I mean, I feel like yeah, I'd be doing a disservice if I didn't bring up um, God of War, which we talked about God of War. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, 2018's God of War, um, what a, a emotional and... I just used these words for Miles Morales moving, but like a very resonating story um, yeah. about fatherhood and coming to grips with one's own past. Um, and I found replaying the game better than the first time playing it because you know okay. the story, um, you know all the beats, but all the small little details, all of the slow reach outs that Kratos uh, does to Atreus that he just can't bring himself to like fully embrace his role yet. All of the small little details about Freya that like you didn't pick up on the first time that are there. Like it lays out so much of what happens throughout the game or what's going to happen. Like the reveal at the end, again, without getting spoilers, isn't that surprising when you're replaying it just because of how much is like being given to you throughout all the breadcrumbs that are being led or being left for you to find. Um, and it's also a game where like people want to talk about annoying sidekicks. And I think Atreus is a very annoying sidekick at 
many points in the game. He's also an absolute unit by the end of the game. Yeah. Um, but like the childlike wonder of like, I just want to go explore dad. It's him. You are seeing the world through Atreus's eyes throughout the game right. and, and just experiencing it as he would. And it is phenomenal. I think it is truly one of the greatest games ever made. Um, it, is a very tight story. We talked about it and compared it so much with Ragnarok coming out. You know your end game out the gate and you know what you're striving for the whole time. Altogether, it's really only like 12 hours if you just focus straight on main story. Uh It's decisive. It doesn't miss a beat. It nails everything that it's going for and its actual gameplay is incredible through the roof, top notch like 10 out of 10. I can't speak highly enough of 2018's God of War. Love it. Yeah. Um, also played it this year. Also very much enjoyed it. Um, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, next one on my list, um, Oxenfree. You did, oh, played that. Yeah. Played yeah. that this year um, in that same window where I was playing Spider-Man Miles Morales. Mm-hmm. Honestly, kind of forgot to mention it until I was looking at that window and I was like, Oh yeah, I did play oxen free. Yeah. Um, also played in that window, Titanfall two, not going to talk about it. Um, it was fine. Yeah. Um, it was okay. Um, it was a six. Yeah. Ox oxen free is a, um, let me pull up like a, I don't want to do it a disservice, like by calling it or labeling it. Um, okay. So it is a, it's an adventure game. Like it, it plays kind of like an old, um, like a monkey's Island or something like that, where it's a lot of, you know, you're solving puzzles and you're moving just kind of across the screen. And a lot of it's more narrative. There isn't as much, um, kind of, there's not as much that you're interacting with directly. Um, but it's a, it's, supernatural it's mystery it's kind of horror um and it's about these kids these teenage kids who go on a weekend trip to like a nearby island um and they're like it's it it just has all of these like it's that kind of thing like going to the mansion going to like it's it's all of these mysteries um and they're going there for like a weekend party and it's supposed to be this big thing and it ends up just kind of being this um, like five people, like the main girl, her new stepbrother, who's meeting a lot of these people for the first time, your best friend, who's like the goofy kid who has a crush on one of the other girls that's there. And then the kind of like mean girl, um, is there too. And it's this whole, like you're there and <clears throat> you know, I won't, I won't spoil, um, kind of the central goings on, but essentially like you know, you and the characters get separated and you're kind of like making your way around trying to understand what's happening on this island and also at the same time reckoning with um, the main character. Her name's Alex. Like you're reckoning mm-hmm. with Alex's, some of the traumas of Alex's past and some of her fears and all of this kind of stuff. And it legitimately, like, I mean, for one, is legitimately moving. Like there's a lot of it. I think the the dialogue and the storytelling is really just superb, like very good, very, um, very well told. I think it's a really interesting thing. Um, gives like, gives big Scooby-Doo vibes, but like what if Scooby-Doo was written 
well. Yeah. Um, you know, that kind of thing. Um, it's also like a lot scarier than I thought it was going to be. Like there were, yeah, I, there, I was that. playing it. I was playing it like after my wife went to bed at a couple of points. And I was like, I don't, I, I might need like, Blanket. I might need a chaperone for this. This is a little, <laughs> a little much for me. Yeah. Um, it was, but I mean, it was like, it was really, it was a really compelling thing. And it's also like a short experience. I think it's yep. like five-ish hours. Um, I was very tempted to go. So I started a new game plus um, because it's one of those games too, where there's a like, stuff changes yeah. like there's almost kind of like a recognition that you've played the game before yep. um so it has some of that kind of stuff i wanted to go through and do that and i saw some of those things but the only thing that kept me from doing it all the way through is that the game the game's play is kind of slow like it's a, yeah. it's a lot of just kind of like walking from this place to this place it's it's very narrative driven and very much in that lane. So um, no going into it. You're there for the story. You're there for this kind of stuff. The gameplay is really just kind of, you know, getting you from point A to point B. Yeah. Um, but really good. Oxenfree 2 supposed to come out soonish, maybe next year. I don't know. Um, but I think it's next year because was it announced during Xbox's thing where it's like all of these are coming next year or something like that? Maybe I think um, so. Oxenfree Two Lost Signals. Uh, so so it was originally supposed to come out in 2022, um, pushed to 2023. So okay. Um, so yeah, I mean it. it it doesn't sound like there is a definitive date. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was originally supposed to come out early 2022. Didn't, um, got pushed. Um, so yeah, 2023, hopefully, um, new protagonist, new stuff, but I would imagine has a lot of like callbacks to the original, um, was not, didn't care super much about that uh whenever it first was announced but now i'm very excited for oxen free too nice it's on my list to play it's on my backlog i own it yeah so yeah it's very good okay um i have two more uh my last one will be obvious if you've been listening to our show for any amount of time so Uh but i'll get yeah month and a half yeah so i'll get into this (laughs) one um pokemon heart gold and we've been talking we've been talking a ton of uh, pokemon uh recently as well um but i recent logan loaned me uh, a ds and his copy of heart gold to play Uh, so shout out to him um and uh played that loved it i do think it is while Scarlet, I think, is the most fun I've had um, in the game of forever, just because it's the first new game in the series I've played since um, the OG Diamond and Pearl. I did play like uh, Soul Silver when it came out as well, um, but in terms of like new generation Scarlet, it's the first since Diamond and Pearl for me. So I think it was just a mix of all that. But in terms of the best Pokemon game ever made. It has to be Heart Gold or Soul Silver, that okay. remake of the second generation, in my opinion. In terms of getting everything 
The only thing it misses, it is missing is shared XP. Um, but outside of that, like it has the best environments, best, not really a heavy story, uh, but just like incredible gems, good gem battles. I think the Elite Four is, incre- is a good, good run that challenges you. Um, and then the post game is also just um, altogether it captured the nostalgia I had of heart of gold and silver being my first Pokemon games. And I think whatever is your starting point is always going to be your favorite. That's pretty much unanimously agreed. Um, but I think as a remake, they went all out for it. They got, they had to do everything. Um, and just what an incredible achievement the game is. Love it. Love it. Um, also on my backlog, because hard gold and soul silver costs like $200. Yep. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's, um, it's cause they're the not easy to, <clears throat> yeah, it's nice to get your hands on it. Um, plus I am a collector at heart. So I am also kind of particular in that. Like if I were to find a copy, I would be maybe suspicious that it's, counterfeit so Mm -hmm. i would have to so i'm more likely to pay more because i'm gonna have to go to like a reputable person Mm -hmm. or somebody that i know like in your case like logan who just he bought it back then and just owned it (laughs) so um which makes it a whole lot easier to know that it's legitimate Uh, unless somebody stole away into your house in the middle he he got it at a um secondhand store up here (gasps) near where i live he Uh, logan he he told me I, I, now feel free to correct us. We, we will tweet it. Um, but uh, if I'm not mistaken, he went in, um, saw it was there, and the guy was like, "Yeah, um, someone just came by and left it like just like dropped it off five minutes ago." And he was like, "Sold," <laughs> like, <laughs> which is like the perfect scenario because that's how that scenario goes essentially. Yeah, like, yeah. you walk in somewhere and that game's showing in the shelf it's because it literally just got there and yeah, yeah. if you want it you better get it because if you go so let me go get cash at the bank it's gonna be gone by the time you're back so yeah yeah um yeah very cool hope i hope to play it one day um yeah my last one that i want to draw notes to um cuphead played yeah. this year gosh i got um, so many games i need to play chris there's yeah, just so little I, time i played so i played cuphead and the delicious last course that was kind of the thing that mm-hmm. um that launched me into it was um their dlc came out over the summer so i played the combination of the mm-hmm. original game went straight into the dlc um and yeah cuphead legitimately is just I mean, it's unlike anything else mm-hmm. out there. Like, I mean, it is it is incredible the fact that like it's it's a game. Like the fact that you're playing this and that there no, I mean, there's no, there's nothing that takes you out of the immersion that you're in this old like twenties mm-hmm. cartoon that yeah. you're just watching this thing unfold. Like, you know, it runs so well. The entire styling of it is so consistent, even down to the things that are deliberately like, you know, screen tears and stuff that are kind of like meant to mimic this old film and everything. Like it's all, 
it's all perfected. Like mm-hmm. they went into it to make it this like perfect experience. And it's such like a, I don't know. It's such a, it's a game that it's very difficult to like wholeheartedly recommend because it is such a hard yeah. game and the, it doesn't have like a ton of accessibility options. So if you are not, you know, if you are, if you are not good at that type of game, if you, you know, don't enjoy playing them because they are too hard or whatever, there's not necessarily a whole lot that you can really do about it. You can't just go in and be like, well, I want to come through and just kind of play for the music and see these different people. Like you kind of are just out of luck and you kind of just have to watch it on YouTube or something like that. Um, Which is a little bit of a bummer because I think one of the, just one of the striking things is going into these. Cause I mean, the game is essentially like a boss rush. Yeah. There are a couple of stray levels here and there, but by and large, I mean, all of the levels are just going into these bosses, but the bosses are like their environments and their stage design and their music. Everything is so like, so tailored specific, you know, where you're seeing this kind of stuff and you're watching like the transitions through these different phases. And it's like, each one of those stages is like its own thing. Um, and even doubly so in like the, the delicious last course where it's like a shorter experience, but it's like every single set piece in there is even like, it just dwarfs the original in quality just because of how hard they go animating this stuff, doing all these things. And it's like, um, it's such an incredible thing and such like a, like, yeah, it's, it's very, it's white knuckle hard yeah. as a, like, as a game of that type, but it's very, you know, it, it is very much unlike anything else. Like the fact that it's a video game is astounding because that to me seems like magic. Yeah. <laughs> like other games making something like, God of War Ragnarok, I can see it. Yeah. I, I know what's going on behind the scenes. I, I, my brain cannot even like comprehend what's happening behind the scenes to make Cuphead work. I, I need to move but that it happened. up the list on my games <laughs> to play because, I mean, you rave about it. Everyone I talk to like raves about it. It is a yep. consistent, everyone's like, just play it. Even if you don't finish yep. it, it's worth like just the visual sight. Um, to itself because yep. it's not, not that expensive. I think it's only twenty dollars. Um, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. so and it's it's pretty. I mean, it's not pretty, but it's a few years it's, old. So I mean, it's, it's usually on sale. It's pretty consistently on sale. Mm-hmm. So um, so yeah, it's easy to, to it. pick up. And um, and I think they may even have bundles now that have the delicious last course. I'll look into it. DLC stuff into it, but yeah. Yeah, dude. Um, last one for me. Um, I'm not going to talk about it too much because we have a whole podcast on it, but it is Inscription. Um, yeah. The deck builder survival horror game um, that was released last year um, was raved about, came to modern, con- not modern consoles. It was on PC. It came to yeah. PlayStation 5, uh, Xbox Switch. Uh, home consoles. Home consoles. Couch, um, couch consoles. Yeah, I don't want to say too much more because I'd rather you just go listen to like our hour-long discussion on just how good yeah. it is. It is 
wholeheartedly within my top 10 games of all time. I think it is just a lightning in the bottle for the first act. I think acts two and three are still really good, but few things I think will capture my immersion and immense joy as the first act did. Um, I play it, walk, don't run. Um, Love it to death. (laughs) Go listen to our uh, spoiler cast on that because you can hear us rave all about it there. But that would be my game of the year, not game of, not of this year. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I would have mentioned inscription as well, but I knew you would. So I just appreciate that. Um, But yeah, um, inscription. Very good. If you're, um, I mean, it's, I, I would say legitimately like the, the first half, the first part is far and away like the best part of the game. Yes. Um, so like, you know, I think it's worth, it's a story that is worth seeing through all the way to the end. But I think that first bit, if nothing else is worth experiencing and seeing because it is like a, it is a unique and really interesting experience. And, um, yeah, I, um, also very much enjoyed that this year. Nice. It was a, it was a very good Halloween game. Yes, it was very spooky. Very, very spooky. Yeah. Um, yeah, I played a couple other, I mean, I played, uh, shout out to Stardew Valley, which was my most played, Mm -hmm. uh, Nintendo switch game this year. Yeah, it was. Um, (laughs) um, continued to have played that um yeah played xenoblade definitive edition played mm-hmm. mario and rabbits the first one again you know i so horizon zero dawn i played through again yep. in uh preparation for forbidden west which i still haven't played um Checks so out. yeah so um but yeah shout out to all that um oh yeah also uh star wars jedi fallen order played this oh, year for the first yes. time um didn't didn't bring it up just because like I felt fine yep. about it. It was it was good. Um, just was not like you know over the moon about it. Um, kind of feel the same. I mean, with Jedi Survivor, like I'm gonna play it. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna like, but whether or not it's gonna that's that's gonna be the the thing is like I don't I don't doubt I'm gonna enjoy it. I but I want it to wow me. I need I need that. Jedi uh, so. um, Survivor looks. It looks like a game that has the confidence it got from the first game being so good, but also heard all of its criticisms and was like, "We hear you, and we're going to like raise the bar on that." So I'm very excited yeah. for it. Um, yeah, seeing that I, gameplay I trailer. That's the case. Seen the game trailer vaulted it up. Like I was already going to play it, but it moved it yeah. up to like priority list for me. Um, some just random shout outs, honorable mentions of other games. Dead Cells played it. Wasn't super my speed, but yeah, I, I, I saw the hype. Ghost Runner, very good. Oh, yeah. uh, puzzle platform, action, roguelike game. Um, multiple genres. So good. Um, if that is your speed and you haven't played it, You'll love it. I did play Bastion. Um, I appreciated its art style and what it was trying to do. Um, I think, again, it's just one of those things that got caught up in all of the releases that were coming this year. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Just some last little shout-outs. 
Very cool. I love it. Um, yeah, Corey, next week, um, talking about more 2022 things. Mm-hmm. Um, but this time, talking about non-gaming stuff. One yes. of the few episodes where we dedicate it to not games. So if you want to hear us talk about some of our favorite album releases, yep. movies, yep. TV series from the year. Um, listen in on that because it's going to be exciting. How are we doing um, books for this one? Because books are always such a weird thing. Um, Cause I don't read any books that came out this year, but I've read a lot of books this year. Well, I mean, I, uh, the, include it. Sweet. And, yeah. <laughs> um yeah who knows they we're we're loose with it we don't we don't have rules um we make our own rules really we make our own rules we don't have a boss um but yeah Corey, um where can people find you on the internet internets they they want to find you on the internets Find me over at on Instagram at hashling and thrasher. Or <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at state thrash you but as always follow our at Twitter account arcade underscore cozy. Uh, where yeah. can they find you? You can find me, as always, at four point pixel on Instagram at Swiss Fun Joe on Twitter. Um Arcade Cozy um on Instagram is our Instagram handle. Um arcadecozy at gmail.com is our email handle um mm-hmm. send us stuff uh talk to us um please we would love to hear it love um it. tell us about your christmas because this happened by now yeah. um and what you're looking forward to in 2023 we Please would love do. to love to see something mm-hmm. um yeah but Corey, this has been arcade cozy life's hectic why should your hobbies be too yeah. merry christmas y'all have a good one yeah bye-bye Love you.